this is Coffee with Timmy. Hello, hello, how are you? How are you doing? Welcome back to Coffee with Timmy. Today I'm sharing a message that I had last week on an early morning program by Dr. Tim Gregg. Dr. Tim Gregg is a pastor, he's a father, he is um, a relationship coach, he's a leadership coach, and author of two books. Last week he spoke about lessons he had learned from his father. And coming so soon after my episode on my research with my father, it made such a big impression on me. And I think it's something that parents need to hear because in life, in parenting, there are moments, there are moments where we can teach life lessons. It's not because we've sat the kids down, but because things happen and we take this less, we take this moment and we use it. So we need to be awake when i say awake you know in court when and i'm i'm borrowing that word from pastor tim he says um living life awake so with his permission i am sharing this message and i hope it helps a parent a couple a father a mom somewhere in navigating their relationship with their children in understanding what their role or having a better understanding of what their role is as a parent as we all know, children watch. They're doing more of what you do rather than what you say. So without uh, much further ado, this is Dr. Tim Gregg. Today I want to be slightly vulnerable. I want to share with you some of the stories that I've shared with some of you before. Or some of the stories that I realize have actually helped me come to a place of peace. You see, we're all products of our history. We're all products of our past experiences and our past experiences have shaped our current experience and our past experiences, whether we like it or not, whether we want to accept it or not, is actually shaping our future. Just before I came on air, I was saying to my wife that that's one of the reasons why we all must heal from our past traumas. We all must heal from our daddy issues, our mommy issues, and, and all our past traumas. Because even if we think, I'm okay, I'm fine now, but we never consciously address them, believe it or not, it is affecting some of your decisions, it is affecting your choices, you cannot escape your history. It's one of the key reasons why when you get born again, the Bible says, if any man being Christ is a new creature, old things are passed away. And meditating on that concept that old things are passed away is one of the ways that we deal with our past traumas. By doing so, right, the impact and the negativity and the the bias that it's, it has created into your today experience is addressed. But in this case, I want to share with you something very positive. These are experiences that I've had from my father that when I look back, I realize that's my biological father. I look back and I realize that, oh, maybe that's why I find this a bit easier for me. And I find that a bit easier for me. Now, what has occurred is because he positioned himself to teach me this, I learned it. 
I learned it by observation. I learned it by sometimes actual verbal teaching. And so I want to do the same to you. Maybe these are lessons that you never learned. Maybe these are lessons that you never thought were necessary, right? If you know something about me, I am a messenger of peace. My, my heart's desire is to be able to give everyone I come in contact with a measure of peace that in that area of conflict you find peace and whatever it will take to bring peace that we're able to navigate you into that space so let me let me explain to you some of the things that have informed my ability to find peace and i hope it helps you find peace as well so what i will do is i'll tell you a story i don't know how many of the stories i can tell but i will tell you a story then i will tell you the lesson that I took from it and how it has informed me today. Let me give you the first one, lesson number one, right? This was the story. I think some of you have heard it. And I really, this past Sunday, I had to use this lesson in my life. I went shopping with my dad and when we got to our destination, um, I noticed as he got out of the car, the driver was in front, so we're both at the back. As he got out of the car, he was wearing a white, uh, back home, we call it a brocade, so very expensive traditional outfit. But as he got off, the lower part of his top half, the top of his outfit was torn. It was actually ripped, you know, completely ripped. And I saw it and I said to him, oh my goodness, dad, your shirt is torn. Um, what are we going to do? And I was really quite alarmed. And I told him this, expecting that he would either go back, you know, say, let's go back home, or at least maybe we'll get into a shop and then we'll go change. But no, this was my father's position. He said, if no one came to him to tell him that his outfit was torn, he will act like no one saw it. And that if somebody comes to tell him that his outfit was torn, he will act like he was only seeing it for the very first time. He said, either way, and this was my lesson, this was my lesson. He said, either way, I cannot do anything about it right now. So why should I worry about it? You know, and that has stayed with me. One of the greatest paths to peace is to practice not worrying about things you cannot do anything about. As difficult as that sounds, it is such a necessary thing because the more you are able to create peace on your inside, the more you are able to sustain peace on your outside and compel because peace is not always, peace does not mean there will not be chaos. No, sometimes the only path to peace is through war. And so when you maintain peace on your inside, peace can become a force that leaves from within you onto the outside to compel peace on the outside. And, and so one of the lessons I learned from that is when you cannot change it, you do nothing by worrying about it. You hand it over to the Lord and you let it be. Look, I know it can be easier said than done, but believe me, it will save you a lot of heartache. Save you a lot of heartache. When, when I was about to preach on Sunday, I realized that something was wrong with my outfit. Now, those of you that were in service on Sunday, you might not have noticed it. But just before I came on, I realized something was majorly wrong with my outfit. I called my wife to see my outfit. I was going to drive all the way home. I was going to ask Intensity to keep worshiping um, my wife and her intercessors to lead prayers. I was going to drive home. But I said, look at the time. It's not going to happen. We can't do anything about it now. You will go on stage like that. And I was so self-conscious. And I remember this. And I remember this thought. 
the fact that I can't do anything about it now. So don't make it a big deal. Since you can't do anything about it, be at peace in your heart. If you're going through a hard time and you've prayed about it, you've submitted what you should submit, you've done what you should do, pray the prayers you should pray, confess what you should confess. Child of God, go to sleep. I will come back to this again because I learned this quite strongly from my father. Go to sleep. There's nothing more you can do. Go and eat some ice cream. Go and watch a movie. You have done what you can do. When people come and they say, but, 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 and they're trying to bring their worry on you, but you look around and you see that you've done what you could do. Child of God, be at peace. Be at peace. All right? Lesson number two. I hope this, is, this has helped someone. That was so important. I put that as number one because that was so important. Lesson number two. <laughs> My older sister and I were like cats and dogs when we were growing up. I felt she hated me and I concluded that she would be the reason why I would end up in hell. I actually said that to God, I was born again. And I said to God that the only reason why I would go to hell is because I will not take nonsense from my older sister. We were young then, we were in primary school, junior high. One day my dad was on his way out, he was actually going to the club to play tennis. I thought he had left and then my your older sister was about to run across the room. When I saw her about to run across, I put my leg out and I tripped her. My sister stumbled and stumbled and stumbled and fell outside and grazed her hand and grazed her leg. What I did not know was that my father was actually um, in his car and he watched my leg go out, watched me trip my sister, watch her stumble and stumble and stumble and fall. He immediately got out of the car, closed it, came into the house, told me to follow him upstairs and he gave me a proper hiding. Uh, he used a belt, one of his belts, gave me a proper hiding. But this was the thing. When he was done, I was I was crying. You know, I was crying. My, I had a bunk bed in his room. So my, my younger brother and I actually slept in his room on the bunk bed. He had a major bed. He sat me on the bed and he said this to me, you never hit a woman. You are a man, you will never hit a woman. It doesn't matter the situation, at best find your way out of harm, but you do not hit women. It is a lesson that I've tried to teach my son. Not that we take disrespect. No, 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 we're not weak. We don't, we don't sit back and allow ourselves to be disrespected. We'll remove ourselves from that position and from that place of disrespect. But no matter the disrespect, we do not. Men, I say this to every man that is watching. We do not hit women. There is nothing like, Pastor, you don't know what she said. There's nothing like, Tim, you have no idea what she did. There is no justification. Defend yourself if you are under an assault by a female. Defend yourself by all means. And then remove yourself from the situation. There is a reason why we are stronger um, than the than, than majority of women generally by default there is a reason now let's not abuse that strength true power true power is power under control if not you don't have power power has you for the ladies that are listening to me do not physically assault the men in your life that is irresponsible that is ungodly that is criminal particularly if you know that this man will not retaliate 
then you are you are the problem also if you are being physically assaulted as a woman remove yourself from that situation did you hear me remove stop praying don't pray remove yourself from that situation after you have removed yourself from that situation we can talk about praying do not stay particularly in a physically abusive situation i learned that from my father and i've tried hard to teach the men in my space to teach my son we do not assault women let me give you a third one this one really this one really helped me this one pay attention it has informed in the last three years in particular it has informed last three years yeah covid into now it has really informed a lot of my decision making and the difference has been night and day let me tell you the story first so my dad took me to see um, one of his friends well he actually would take me to see several of his friends so he took me to see one of his friends two of them in particular lived in mansions mansions and this was back then i'm talking about seven bedroom mansions i remember going to see one of them he's late now and when we got there the the, the main house was a massive massive monstrous of a building and it was just him and his few kids his wife and his few kids but a monster of a building. And then in the course of the conversation, he was saying to my father that he had another one in his hometown that was even bigger than that one. I remember I was asking my father that why didn't he build a mansion? My father has really done well for himself that why didn't he build a mansion? Don't get me wrong, where we live, our family home is what, six bedrooms? Yeah, is it five or six bedrooms? It's a, yeah, but but not the, not the monstrous architectural marvels of some of his friends this was the issue my father then explained to me that a lot of these men had built mansions and they had invested in white elephants and he was concerned then that when they reached a certain age the age of retirement that he couldn't see what they had invested their money in this was my lesson my father explained to me how they had poured everything into their today with no plan for tomorrow. And he said he had flipped it for himself, that he was more concerned about the days when he will not be able to go out and work than he was concerned about today. Oh, child of God, that has stayed with me. If your decisions, if you are not willing to delay gratification today so that you can build something formidable tomorrow you will eat your future today and get into a future that will not sustain you you will get into a future where there will be nothing in your hand for your children i give you this counsel today i really ask of you to hear the voice of god what is your plan for your tomorrow what is your plan his friends those friends now the two the two of them in particular one also built a hotel and when he was building it my father said he told him that the location you're building this hotel has so many hotels why would they choose yours you didn't partner with any major brand why would they choose yours he says hey that i'm just trying i've seen what you are trying to do i'm trying to do what you are doing but he didn't learn the lesson both of them are 
struggling badly. One is late now. His family is going through the most because he died and left them with assets that have little value. This will not be your story. We will not be like that, that prophet that died, loved the Lord, knew the Lord, died and left his children in poverty, died and left his family in such a predicament that creditors were coming to take his children while he had gone to go and rest in God. That will not be your story. You will leave a legacy. I say this over your lives. You will leave a legacy. You will have the wisdom to build something formidable today that will outlive you, outlast you. You will be that, the, you will display the testimony that the scripture talks about, that a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You will leave an inheritance for your children's children. The wisdom required, I declare it's your portion in the name of Jesus. Can I give you one more? Let me see the time. Let me give you one more. Lesson number four. <laughs> Anyone, uh, this one is a popular one. Anyone who spoke to my father will definitely have heard this statement. It could have been worse. I teach people now how to create their own mantras. You must have a mantra for life. My father never sat me down to say, this is my mantra. We just noticed that it was something that he just always said. He just always said, no matter what will happen to him, he will always make this statement. And, and all my siblings, we, we've all adopted the statement, right? He will say it could have been worse. It helped my father keep a mindset of positivity. Let me say it the way I wrote it here. Um, so my father always made this statement, it could have been worse. And it did not matter what happened to him. Like when he, like when he had what seemed like a stroke, father had what seemed like a stroke that left his right arm rigid and in pain. I saw him walk into the lounge for the first time in that condition. This was a few years ago and my eyes were filled with tears. He noticed because he was coming in, I was in the main lounge and was coming in and he was moving slowly. My father has always been very agile and he was moving slowly. His hand was like this, his hand was like this and he was moving slowly and he saw my eyes well up with tears and he immediately with that his very standard daddy laugh he said to me ah me fair that's what he calls me it could have been worse he then proceeded to tell me all the things that were working and functional in his body he said yes his hand is like this but that if he doesn't think about the pain he doesn't feel the pain so he's grateful to god for that he said yes he's having to walk slowly but he's walking i didn't have to come upstairs to carry him down it could have been worse do you know what? His hand healed miraculously. And I attribute that to the fact that he maintained a dogged mindset. He showed me the power. Listen to this. My father showed me the power of a guiding philosophy. You and I need to have a guiding philosophy. What is your guiding philosophy? Over the years, I've taken the time to search my heart and I've come to a place of my own guiding philosophy. I used his for years. I think my siblings still use his for years. You have a guiding philosophy, a major philosophy that seems to encapsulate 
your convictions about life that seems to encapsulate your expectations from life so that no matter what life throws to you you have a default thing to hold on to from the lord a default my own personal mantra those of you that are my spiritual children who work with me you know my mantra my mantra is simple maybe somebody can tell me can you remember but my mantra is simple a believer can never be stranded i believe that so strongly that i can never be stranded that no matter how bad it is there is always someone i can call somewhere i can go something i can do or a scenario that can that has already been adjusted i just need to see it because i can just never be stranded no matter how bad it is it's it's something that just keeps coming to me i can never be stranded have you developed maybe i should do a dawn to help show you how to develop your own mantra so it's not something you borrowed not something you like not a statement you like now i'm not talking about a statement you like i'm talking about something that goes through a process of self-evaluation you actually evaluate yourself and you ask yourself i generally call it the five whys you ask yourself and it brings you to a place where you are able to define what really matters to you what genuinely matters to you and and one of the things that genuinely matters to me i've said it already is peace peace is a big deal for me being able to live in an environment where i have forced it to be at peace with me forced it to be at peace with me and i realized that that mantra helps me maintain that sense of peace that no matter the chaos i can't be stranded meaning a route to peace must be around me it has to already be around me find your mantra i will i will close there i spent time before he passed away with my wife's uncle a highly highly successful man and i noticed just like my father it was like we were reading from the same playbook just like my father as he was telling me his life story and i will interrogate him and was telling me that he was ready what he was in his 80s then as i as he was telling me his story he kept on saying this i can never fail i can never fail with god on my side i can never fail he will tell me another story then he will go back to that statement tell me so at some point i paused and i said you've said this a lot in the last hour what is this to you what is this phrase to you? And he paused. And that's when he realized that, yes, that was his guiding philosophy. That no matter, and he had built one of the largest banks um, in, in Nigeria, still running till now, quite successful. And, and he said, he realized, my goodness, that was his mantra. That was his guiding philosophy. I can never fail. I can never fail with God on my side, I now understood how a person who believes that is bound to chase big dreams because he chased and he caught up with very big dreams. His mantra informed his pursuits. May you find your health. Do I feel God right now? May you find a healthy mantra. That thing that keeps you going. That voice of hope that you are able to fall back on to just help you continue. I remember when Paul found himself in a difficult spot, 
he God gave him a mantra and that mantra was repeated over and over and over again for him what was the mantra my grace is sufficient for you I know what you are going through but my grace is sufficient for you that became Paul's mantra you will find yours if you are going through a tough time you are feeling overwhelmed things are looking like they're not they're not going to come together it looks like the sun will not break through this darkness i say to you there is always light the light shines in your darkness and the darkness will not comprehend it i speak into your space and i declare that everything trying to rob you of rest trying to rob you of peace trying to rob you of your legacy trying to rob you of peace in mind peace in body peace in the works of your hands peace in your relationships peace with your children everything trying to rob you of that i rebuke in the name of jesus i join my faith with yours i stand as an apostle of light and i declare that it shines in your darkness nothing will rob you of your peace in the name of jesus i say in conclusion find your mantra find that thing that you will keep repeating over and over and over again till you come to a place where every time you say it it gives you a sense of hope Do you know when i find myself last night i found myself in a little bit of a pickle after i left church but i kept on saying to myself ah, ah i can never be stranded no matter how bad it looks i can never be stranded it dealt with the fear it dealt with the concern and the burden you will find yours and it will carry you through in the name of jesus if you've struggled with your father and memories of your father bring pain into your heart may you receive deep healing of the lord deep healing of the lord and the negative image of your father will no longer in any way inform your today or impact your tomorrow you are healed and restored in jesus name amen